You know the vibes. We're back. Day two this week, the 1st of February. So you guys who didn't get started on your New Year's resolutions, you can start now a month late. But we've been here all month. We've been here all of 2022 and we ain't going nowhere. BJ Armstrong and myself, Mo Mootsi, bringing you the Hoop Genius podcast. What a night of action it was running NBA. BJ, how are you doing, my friend? Mo, we are here in the building talking NBA action with my man, Money. Mo Money. Trying. We're trying. We listen. The NBA is ruining my life because the lack of sleep I'm getting is outrageous. Okay. But it's 100% worth it. We had some amazing games last night. And I don't know if you saw this though, BJ. The NBA started a new thing called Crunch Time, which is essentially the NBA version of Red Zone. Now, I was pissed because it's not available in my location. I tried to go on it and it said not available in your location. So you're going to have to break it down for the people because I was doing it manually. I was manually switching between every game when it gets to crunch time, watching bits here and there, bits here and there. What did you think of it? Did it work? It did not work for me, Mo, but I did see it this evening on my phone as I was watching the games. I was just randomly, for some reason, I was on my phone and I was like, oh, crunch time. So I tried to open it like three or four times, but I didn't have any success. But what a fascinating idea. What an interesting idea. And I began to watch it because I was watching another game and then the Philadelphia game went into overtime. So I wanted to watch the other games. And here in the States, they have a thing called uh, the red zone. Yeah. You get that here. That's why NFL is so big over here. Yeah. And they get a thing called the red zone. So I thought the crunch time was great. And I'm really kind of excited for it because you can watch games, especially in the last two minutes or four minutes as the game get gets to a certain level or at the end of the game where there's, uh, you know, as they say, it's money time. So but I wasn't I didn't have any, I didn't have much success or I didn't have any success trying to uh, get in tonight. Well, you know, if the NBA is looking for someone to host that show over in Europe because the American version is not available over here, hit us up. We'll be there. We'll be ready. Yes, we will. Yes, speaking we of, will. you know, copying the NFL and copying the red zone, um, I, I was having this conversation on Twitter yesterday because I don't follow the NFL, as you know, and the Super Bowl teams are set. You've got the Bengals versus the Rams. I said, give me an NBA comparison to who these teams would be. So who are these teams in NBA terms? And I put it out there. I got a bunch of interesting answers. Doc Rivers, in fact, gave his opinion. But BJ, I wanted to know from you, if you had to compare those two teams in the Super Bowl to two teams in the NBA, who would you be looking at? Because I got a whole bunch of answers. I got the 2012 Heat versus Thunder, a young team that drafts a bunch of stars, goes up against a team that, Acquired stars from across the league, but the most popular comparison was saying that the Bengals are like the Memphis Grizzlies going up against the Brooklyn Nets. They say a drama ramp would have to be the Joe Burrow and have a mountain of swag and talent to lift his team. Whereas the LA Rams, much like the Brooklyn Nets, packaged a ton of stars and are putting all their cards on a table 
for championships now. BJ, what's your comparison? Um, God, that's a, that's a tough one, Mo. You know that, that that's that's tough. Who Joe Joe Burrow? He's like the new kid on the block, and what a story! Because he wasn't like he Joe Burrow kind of reminds me a little bit of like really kind of like Steph Curry in this sense. You know, Joe Burrow wasn't like a, you know, when I say top notch, he wasn't like a five-star recruit, you know, kind of like Steph Curry where he goes to Davidson, you know, Joe Burrow goes to Ohio state for two or three years. And he, then he's not like the beloved, you know, you know, goes there and starts and and has like a story career he actually has to transfer to LSU. Okay. Goes there. Unlikely. I don't even think he's the starter when he transfers. The starter gets hurt. He's the backup. And then as they say, the rest is history. Joe Burrow wins a national title. Joe Burrow is already in year two or three. I don't think anyone had this written out for Joe Burrow. Kind of like Steph Curry, you know, like I don't think anyone saw Steph Curry be, coming into the NBA and saying he was going to be the greatest as what he has become. So I think that's Joe Burrow. And then on the other side, you had a quarterback there, um, you know, there for the Rams. We talk about Odell. No, no. Odell is the, Odell is the, that's uh, that's the only, that's the only player I know. Talk about uh, (laughs) Matthew Stafford. Matt. Yeah. Matthew Stafford. Okay. Matthew Stafford has was in Detroit, right? You know, and and Detroit is like purgatory for NFL players, right? You know, you go there, you don't get to the playoffs. We've yeah. never won a Super Bowl. And I say we because I'm a Detroit Lions fan, a yeah. true Lions fan. And then suddenly now he leaves Detroit after like 10 or 11 years there. I think 12 years, I think to be exact. And suddenly now he's going to the Super Bowl his first year after leaving Detroit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think of someone, uh, uh, this would be Chris Paul. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, you know, great talent. One of the elite quarterbacks as far as numbers and, you know, statistics, but never able to have the same success of like a Tom Brady or, you know, Joe Montana, those type of guys. But he's in the Super Bowl now, and hopefully he'll have a, uh, you know, he'll have more luck, let's say, than, 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 than Chris Paul did in his first time reaching the NBA Finals. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I'm rooting for the Bengals because they said that that's like the Grizzlies, the underdogs and the kids that just been drafted in. Who are you rooting for? I, I live out here in L.A., so... I'm gonna I'm gonna root for the for the Rams, right? If my Lions can't be there, I'm gonna root for the Rams, and uh, and hopefully, you know, it, it'll be great for the city. But I'm gonna tell you what, this Joe Burrow guy is he's he's the real deal. Okay. So I think it will be interesting to watch. I think it should be fun to watch, and I hopefully we'll put on a show because uh, I mean, these last two weeks, I don't know if you've been watching Mo. It's it's been really fascinating great theater and sports 
watching these guys. I saw a tweet and it said, you know, the NFL is having these all time classic games. Meanwhile, the NBA is discussing trades about a guy that won't even put his uniform on to take the court. So why not bring the people up speed with the NBA news? Steph Curry, as you made the comparison show, Boris, has busted out of his slump. He's been struggling lately. And there's nothing quite like a game against the lowly Houston Rockets to get out, out of his slump. Of your slump. He put up 40 points last night with nine assists to go along with it. And uh, he went seven from 14 from behind the arc. Albeit it was against the 14 and 36 Houston Rockets. Sometimes you need a game like that to get, against, get your confidence back, get your okay. shooting stroke back, Steph back. But the game that we need to talk about, and I know we talk about the Grizzlies all the time, uh, they are the most exciting team in the NBA, but they lost last night to a Joel Embiidless Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I want to talk to you about stepping up when your superstar's not there because you once found yourself in that position for an entire season, you know, when a certain guard for the Chicago Bulls decided not to continue playing for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, but I want to talk about Tyrese Maxey. Because it's not just Joel Embiid missing last night's game with rest, where I think he was a bit scared of jumping him on a poster. But with the Philadelphia 76ers point guard missing the entire season, Tyrese Maxey has stepped up in a big way. Last night, he had 33 points, eight assists, including the game-winning layup in overtime. What's been your take on Tyrese Maxey? And just tell the people a little bit about stepping up when a superstar is out of the lineup. It's always tough to play a a team when they're missing their superstar because that team takes on a new identity and suddenly you get accustomed to guarding players a certain way because of their role on that team with that star player. It changes drastically. And you saw Tyrese Maxey this evening put that on display because suddenly he goes from maybe being the third or fourth option on the team because you have Joel Embiid, you would have um, you know, um, Tobias, Tobias Harris. And then suddenly, you know, you have Seth Curry and then suddenly, you know, Tyrese Maxey will step in there and kind of fit in, fill that void, you know, as you're playing the game or you get a feel for the game. Suddenly now he's the number one option. He has 33 points tonight, eight assists, three rebounds, four blocks, and he's going toe to toe with John Morant. And they're going back and forth. So, you know, I don't think that was probably part of the defensive game plan as game planning for someone to play like that. But he's, it's the NBA and anything can happen. He's been and nice so all season. Credit. He's, oh, he's been, been great. He has been nice all season long. You know, he, he really he really has done a nice job. I mean, he's averaging, I think, roughly around 16, 17 points a night. Yep. So, you know, he's been playing very consistent basketball <laughs> for a young player and a lot of that has to do is because you know you're most of the defenses are centered around Joel Embiid and then you know Maxi does his thing you know Tobias does his thing Seth does his thing you know Danny Green gets you know comes in makes open shots so they they have a, a lot of nice pieces but clearly the centerpiece to all of that is Joel Embiid and he wasn't playing so now you got to figure out you know, who's going to step up, how they're going to play, what tempo they're going to play. And it's and always it's always tough to play against those teams. You really underestimate those teams when they play. And it's it's a lot of times you see that happen quite frequently, believe it or not, in the NBA. 
let me ask you this, PJ. Are we ready to call Nikola Jokic the MVP yet? He well, has we have got, to put him there. We he has got there. the Denver Nuggets quietly have won 11 of their last 14 games. They're up now above the Dallas Mavericks for fifth in the West. They're on a five-game win streak. We didn't get a chance to talk about this before, but I thought it's only right we give it give it a little talking about right now. They're seven games over 500 now. The only knock against him at the start of the season was that the Nuggets were below 500. He's carried them above 500, way above 500 now with his play. He leads the team in points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, field goal percentage, true shooting percentage. He is playing without Jamal Murray. He's playing without Michael Porter Jr. And listen, I don't think there's a case against him. Like, there's nothing no, you can say no. now. Like, there's no... Every other player, like Steph, MVP, well, he went through that slump. KD, MVP, well, he's been out injured. Jar, MVP, well, his team was amazing without him. How much is he... Like, Joel Embiid is, is going crazy right now. And I don't think anyone's talking about it. The Nuggets have gone on a nice little win streak here. They're one game behind fourth place in the Western Conference. And with Joe Ingles tearing his ACL and the Utah Jazz not looking that great this season, they could easily finish top four. So I'm putting that out right now. I'm saying Jokic is now my MVP. I could see the Denver Nuggets reaching the fourth seed and overtaking the Utah Jazz. But let's pump the brakes here for just a second. You know, this guy, Jokic, is without question. Now he's in the top three for the MVP now. How, whatever three, whatever the other two you got, if you got KD in there, you got Steph Curry in there, you got Giannis in there, you got Jokic, whoever you got in there, whoever you have as your top three, Jokic is in there now. He's in there. He's been consistent. He's carrying the team minus Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and he has his team in the Western Conference playing. And now they are in, what, fifth seed? They're in the fifth seed yep. right now? one game behind fourth. Which is unbelievable. It's incredible. And it's all because of Jokic. You know, Jokic did something the other night versus the Milwaukee Bucks. He sealed Giannis and just pending. Mm-hmm. And there aren't many players that can do that. <laughs> Big Jokic body. was one. Yeah, that, that's strong. a big body. Yeah, that's, that's he a, looks just a, like a chubby old guy, but he's a strong guy. No, he's he he pinned them, and they went in there and beat that. That was a pretty convincing win on the road, I might add, in mm-hmm. Milwaukee. So give Jokic credit. Now it's time to put him in the top three. Whoever else you got, who, who, who's your top three right now? Joel, Giannis, and Jokic. All international players. Those are my top three. Those are my top three. I love it. Right now. Same. Those are my top three. Yeah. Steph's horrendous shooting slump dropped him out for me. Um, Jamaran next year, I have no doubt, will be in there. Bear in mind this. There are only three players age 22 or younger to have a streak of seven or more straight games. With 30 plus points, can you name those three players since 2000? 
Say the, say the question one more time. Say the question one more since time. Since 2000, since the year 2000, 2000, so the last 22 years, there's only been three players when aged 22 or younger to have a streak of seven or more games scoring 30-plus points. Can you name the three players? Jordan is one. No, no, no. Since the year 2000. Oh, since yeah, you're right. You did say that. Sorry. LeBron James. Yep. Kevin Durant. Yep. Since 2000. One of them is this season happening right before our eyes right now. Is it John Moran? It is John Moran. Really? When I say generational, this is what we're talking about. Generational talent that we're seeing. Wow. If you guys could see the smile on BJ's face right now. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you, 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 you know how I love me. You know I love me some John Moran. And he's really scoring the ball at, at an incredible clip. I don't know if you had a chance yet, Mo, to watch the game. I mean, he was he was just fantastic. behind the I mean, back assist. Just, the, yeah, his the, highlights are just incredible. The lob that he catches out of sky, it's, it's unbelievable. I just wish they got the win tonight because that was a very winnable game. And as you can see, as we just spoke about, the Western Conference is getting closer and closer. Um, one thing I'm very happy about is my Boston Celtics. Oh, five let's talk wins in a row. I thought I saw a little defense out there tonight, Mo. I was I was shocked. I saw a little mm-hmm. defense out there tonight. Mm-hmm. You know from what? The I, Celtics. I, what I've been seeing recently is number one, how I've been banging on about them getting a point guard to dictate the play. Marcus oh, Smart has no. taken that role, and he's taking oh, it seriously. No. Oh, and he's no. he's getting things in order. Number two, Tatum and Brown have played well together. Almost had the same amount of points in all of the last few games. Number three, they started listening to the coach. They were up by 20. Then they let the lead slip. Ime called a timeout and Sox came out on a 7-0 run. Um, he had some strong words for them during that timeout. And the most important part of all of this little winning streak is, well, the schedule has been ridiculously easy and Miami Heat were playing without Jimmy Butler. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. But looking ahead at the schedule... February is a very winnable month. And it just goes to show how much the schedule can affect narratives in the NBA, right? They've got to play Charlotte, Detroit, Orlando, Brooklyn at home, so no Kyrie, Denver, Atlanta, Philly, Detroit, Brooklyn, in Brooklyn again, so no Kyrie again, Detroit and Indiana. So when you look at that, the only games you should really lose is maybe Philly and maybe Atlanta, and maybe shot. But but the rest of them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's 11 games there. You should go. You should go nine and two over that stretch. Mo, this is the NBA. This is the NBA. There are, there are no should be's, could be's, ought to be's. You okay, take it but, one but, game but, at but, a time. But let's just lay this hypothetically. There are only five games, four, four or five games. Our first place in the East. That's how close well, the East should I let you, is. Should I let you fan out right now? Or yes. do you want to talk for real? Uh, uh, let's let talk for real. Out. Let's talk for real. Let's talk for real. Go on. Okay. Tell me for real. For real. There are two games over 500. 
They yes. go on a two-game slide. They're 27 and 27 or whatever. Or they do what I said. They go on a nine-game win streak, and then they're 11 games okay. over 500. Okay. Look, Celtics have talent. <laughs> the Celtics have talent. So let me enjoy right? this. Let me enjoy yes, this. I'm going to let, let you enjoy this. It's great to see them playing well. It's great. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they have been the focus here. Can they play together? All of those things. Now let's give them credit when they are playing well together. But more importantly, the key to this five-game winning streak is their defense. Yep. That's the key. They are playing well on the defensive end. And when you watch them play tonight, when you watch them play that, they were switching. They were active. They were talking. And it was fun to watch. I mean, Jimmy Butler, okay, he didn't play. They're, you know, some of their key guys didn't play. However, I saw a team that was focused, especially on the defensive end. And the most important thing is win the games you're supposed to win. To me, that's the first sign of a good team. So I'm going to give Boston credit because, you know, we get after Boston a lot, and I love to give you a hard time. But Give them credit when they play well and play the game the right way. And right now, they're focused, they are defending, and they're playing like a really good team. And we haven't said that a lot. And, <laughs> we haven't said and, that a lot. This and year. it all starts with Marcus Smart since he came back from COVID because he's really put his imprint on this team. Against the Hawks, he guarded Trey Young and allowed Trey Young to score zero points when he was guarding him. Kevin Hurt scored zero points when he was being guarded by Marcus Smart against the Hornets, you know, the other night, Devontae Graham scored zero points when being guarded by him. Josh Hart scored zero points when being guarded by him. And then, you know, Bam Adebayo, when he was matched up with, when he was matched up with Marcus Smart, I've I seen him digging the ball away. I've seen him causing some real problems for everyone on the Miami Heat. They didn't want to go, they didn't want to go, go in the post with Bam Adebayo against Marcus Smart. Think about that. Think, <laughs> no, think, think about Mo, that. Mo, think about let's it. Let's move on before think you about drink something. Let's so, move so, on. Let's enjoy the win. Hey, there's, there's no jinx in oh, greatness. So everyone, everyone listening, everyone listening, PJ Tucker didn't play. Jimmy Butler didn't play. Kyle Lowry didn't play. Bam Adebayo played and scored 12 points. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Okay? That's all you need <laughs> to know. Okay? Now, the the... <laughs> the reason why I say all of this is because if they trade him before the deadline, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be Ooh, mad. Market, market yeah, smart. Yeah. Cause he's in every trade rumor right now. If they trade him before the deadline, I'm going to be mad. So I'm just warning you guys how mad it's going to get. Who would you, who would you like to, who, if they were to trade him, who would you trade him for? No, no one. Never. If I'll, they I'll, were, I will go and support the Grizzlies for the rest of the year. Because. That is the one player on the roster. I'd rather they trade anyone else. Trade anyone else. What they're going to do is they're going to trade Dennis Schroeder to get under the luxury tax. That's what they're going to do. That's all they're going to do. There's no player that I'd be happy to get return for Mark Smart. Give me LeBron. No player. Give me Jamaran. Give me Giannis. Give me Steph Curry. Other than that, no one. No, no one. No one in this league. I like the intangibles. He's what, if you got, what if you got, what about Tybal? No. What Come does on. he do better than Marcus Smart? I'm just asking. 
Matisse Thybul is a very, very interesting defender. Uh, and, and a horrible offensive player. I'm just asking a question, Mo. I didn't say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm just saying he's a great defender. Tybal's a fantastic defender, horrible offensive player, whereas Mark Smart is a great defender and he can give you some level of offense. And over the past five or six games, you've seen him dictate the offense and distribute the ball and find Tatum and Brown for their looks rather hey, than letting them isolate. Can I get a little love here to uh, a player who's quietly going about his business? And we just kind of overlooked him. You know, we get we, we pay so much attention to John Morant. But Desmond Bain tonight quietly had a 34 piece. It's, it's pain to talk about Desmond Bain. Yeah, now, because... now, now uh, you know, I, I'm just going to I mean, John Morant had 37, five and five. No doubt. But Desmond Desmond Bain had a quiet 34, seven. It's, three it's, steals. it's painful. Yeah. It's painful for me to talk about this with BJ because the Boston yeah, well, Celtics drafted him and traded uh, him for a second hey, round pick. This guy Desmond Bain is suddenly, you know, he's the the, the, the we talk about John Morant, but we got to talk about their backcourt right now. Do you, do you know why I like Desmond? And this is without Desmond. Who is the best backcourt? Who is the best backcourt now in the NBA? Now that's that's a tough question because we have oh, it's that tough. Mo, I need to know. Fully, from Mo. Are we saying fully healthy? Are we I'm saying, saying Mo? I'm fully saying fully healthy. Give me Stephen Clay. Fully healthy. Give me Stephen Clay. I'm not gonna who's lie. Who's the best right now? Hey, right now. Right you're now. Telling me right, right now. In right, the now NBA, right, right now. Right now. Right now. It's between Zach Levine and Demar Derozan. If you're gonna include Demar Derozan as, as a shooting guard, even though he doesn't. Really, I'm, I'm, I'm really asking you. Mo, you're 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 dancing right now. Okay, Mo. right now, right now, the best backcourt in the NBA is the Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Okay, I agree with that. I agree with that. That's the I that's the best backcourt in the NBA right now. But the Memphis Grizzlies are in the conversation. Yes, and are. it's without Dylan Brooks. What I like about Desmond Bain, he is what I call a dark. Yeah, he's the same <laughs> as Draymond Green. He was overlooked in the draft. Because they said Desmond Bain's wingspan isn't long enough. And all 29 teams passed on him. The team that drafted him foolishly traded him to dump Ennis Kanter's contract in some sort of... I don't even want to think about it. It makes me sick. Anyway, he can name every player drafted before him. He wouldn't even play. If he played for the Celtics right now, he wouldn't even play. Where would he play? I don't know. Yeah, yo, that's what I'm saying. Like, you have two all stars there. He wouldn't even play. I mean, Aaron Eastman's getting game time, and he's been looking horrible. So he would play ahead of him. Um, but but anyway, aside aside from the success, what I like about Desmond Bain is he plays with a real chip on his shoulder. He's really out to prove that all these teams were foolish for draft for not drafting him, and he has proven that he's a hard worker. He hustles on the defensive end. He gets open shots and he's not afraid to let it fly on the offensive end. He put up 21 shots tonight, you know, for, for a young guy. He's quietly going about his business. Right. I just want to make sure we don't. I, I just want to know where he's going to fit when, when Dylan Brooks is going to come back. Is he going to slide to the three? Are they going to put Dylan Brooks to the three? Like, 
How is that all going to work? It's a a great problem to have. Hey, man. It's a great. There's there's way worse. He's beginning to, you know who he's beginning to remind me of? Mm -hmm. Of like a Joe Dumars. Okay. You know, because when Joe played, you know, Isaiah had all the highlights, all the flash, you know, the, the, you know, the the handles and all of the things that you would see. And then, you know, but you look over there like tonight. You know, if you watch the Philly, Philadelphia Memphis game, all the highlights were basically John Morant. But then when you watch the game, you go, I didn't even see that guy had 34. I mean, they, they got like, what, 70 points from their backcourt? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This guy, Desmond Bain, is quietly like – he's he's something he's a problem he's a problem now and he is a problem can i just uh tell you one thing before we go here because we we yeah, reached half an hour the other problem we have there's a big problem going on right now is the uh mental health of my friend jack the sacramento kings went zero for five on their road trip <laughs> losing by a combined are you ready for this in five games they lost by a combined 98 points. <laughs> okay. How's my guy? How's my guy, Jack? Not doing? good. No, and, and he's a 49ers fan as well. So not good. Not good. We got to see what the Kings do at the trade deadline. Anyway, that's been us. Tonight, we've got the Brooklyn Nets versus the Phoenix Suns, which I'm looking forward to. The game's in Phoenix, yes. don't worry. So Kyrie, Devin Booker, head-to-head, I think the Phoenix mm. Suns win the game. I don't think there's any dispute in that. But who's going to put the most points up? That's going to be the game within the game. Because, you know, these guys are talking about the best backcourse in the league. How crazy is it that we didn't even mention Brooklyn in their conversation about best backcourse in the league? I, Kyrie Irving I, and James Harden. How, how, how about that? How about it? Yeah. But we got to call it like we see it, bro. We have to call it like we see the, it. The, the game I'm looking forward to on a kind of more nerdy one is the Minnesota Timberwolves versus the Denver Nuggets. Because I think... You know the Timberwolves have been kind of, kind of finding a little bit of a little bit of a rhythm there. So uh, we're gonna have a look at those games. We're gonna be back tomorrow. We're gonna go and record a Sky Sports Heat Check, our other show on Sky Sports as well. So rock with us there. But stay tuned in here for daily episodes, breakdowns, analysis, insights from the world of the NBA. And BJ, don't forget today's the first Feb. Trade deadline's the tenth of yes. Feb. So. We're going to have to be talking some business real soon about who's going where. You're going to leave yes, the fans with, with one name that you think is going to be on the move before the trade deadline. You know, since we were talking about our good friend, Jack, I'm going to stay out in Sacramento. I think Harrison Barnes is on the move. Mm-hmm. I think they should be open to moving their entire roster minus Tyrese Halliburton. But that's another conversation for another day. My peoples, thank you for rocking with us. Hope you have a great week, great Tuesday. You know the vibes. Until tomorrow, get buckets. <laughs>